you know what? Other people are doing this. They're making it work somehow with kids. They're making a life abroad happen. I don't know the how. I don't know how they're doing it. But can they? Are they really that different than me? You know. And I started really thinking like they're not. Hey, Mama. What do you think of when you hear the word success, fame, status, and fortune? What about rocking your baby to sleep or coaching little league? Advocating for your special needs child or mastering meal planning? Maybe going back to school or starting your own business? The truth is success looks different for us all, and it may change depending on the season of life you're in. After finding myself in a dark place, I decided to set an example for my two boys by intentionally choosing what I wanted for my life and seeking it, even if it was scary. And now I'm so excited to bring you stories of other moms who are living out their version of success. I plan to ask these incredible women not only about their journeys, but how they are making it through the madness and the magic that we all know as motherhood. So, whether your assistant just brought you a hot espresso or you're rocking your baby on a third cup of reheated coffee, settle in and get ready for some goodness. I'm Shannon Carruthers, and this is the Successful Mama Podcast. Hey, Mama, and welcome to episode 47 of the Successful Mama Podcast. Now, if you are new here, welcome. I'm so excited you're here. My name is Shannon. I get to bring you all of these incredible women who come and hang out and share their stories of what it means to be successful in their own lives, and that looks different for all of us. So I can't wait for you to hear. Like I said, I'm glad you're here. Now, if you've been hanging out with us for a while, maybe you've listened to an episode here and there, or you're a regular and you listen all the time, I'm so grateful for you, by the way. But this is actually going to be a fun treat for you as well, because while you may know that we are based in North Alabama, and I love to have a good in-person interview because there's so much great energy when you can just sit down face to face and have a good conversation, I know there's a lot of great stories outside of where we live, and there's amazing, amazing moms across the entire world where they want to share their stories too. And so I can't wait because I'm ready to start sprinkling in a few new friends who are coming to us from different places. And today is one of those. Today's guest, Magna Comdar, is coming all the way to us from Portugal, where she moved her family in 2020. That's right. I said it in 2020 from California. And so it was a lot going on. We're going to dive into that. We're going to dive into figuring out what it is you want for your life. We're going to talk about how there's no perfect time to do that. And so figuring out what you want, just listen, this conversation is so good. I don't want to give away all the stuff, but I promise you're going to take away something. You're going to find some interesting things because Magna's story is so good. I know you're going to love it. All right, I'll be quiet now. Let's get into this episode. Well, hi, Magna. How are you? So good. How are you, Shannon? I'm doing good. I am so, so excited to chat with you and just to hear more about your story. I have gotten like, I I was telling my husband, I was like, I cannot wait to get on this podcast and just to hear more and dive into some questions with her because I have so many questions. (laughs) I know. And I'm just so honored to be here and to be able to share my story with your audience. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on. And so for for our mamas listening out there, if you don't mind, just go ahead and do a quick introduction of yourself. Okay. Yeah. Um, My name is Meghna Kamdar, and I am raised in the Bay Area, California. I am a mom of three, a wife, um, an entrepreneur, 
Um, I have achieved some financial independence, and in 2020, I became an expat, and we moved our kids and family all to Lisbon, Portugal. Wow. So, and now, actually now, I am an executive and life coach. I support busy parents, create more freedom in their life the way that they, they you know, the way that serves them, mostly to create more time and more options without compromise. I love that. I love that so much. And we can, we'll have to connect on the coaching front later and just chat some on that. So, but I want to keep the focus on you. So let's, um, let's just get started and dive into your story. So I want to go back to when you were getting started in the workplace, because I think that, you know, that kind of sparked some of what was to come. So can we just go back there and you kind of tell me, you know, walk me through what it was like getting started in the workplace, what you were doing and, um, how you were feeling during that time? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's such a, a nice a, a nostalgia. There's a sort of nostalgia for that time of life because in my early 20s, I think we all are so optimistic about what we can achieve and how much we want to change the world. So I started my career as a city planner. Um, I'm just really passionate about helping people live, basically, and to know how how to how the physical kind of the physical build affects their lives and so there was a real passion I would say I always worked from I always believed in work that was my purpose first and then the money would come and um, so I always thought like it was enough to do the fulfilling job and then I would get more money and then maybe I would have more time for the things that also fulfilled me outside of work and it always felt like work was that thing that I had to fit into all the other things that really mattered in my life, like my health, working out, traveling was a big part of my my self-development and just my passion, seeing what the world, how people live in the world. So those were the main things. And, and the job always felt like took up way too much time, but how did I fit? How could I fit, you know, my my social life and the travel dreams into that work life. And so in my 20s, I was looking for international work as a city planner. And I thought that would be okay to validate a move abroad because moving abroad has always been a dream of mine. And I I studied abroad, traveled abroad, and I always dreaded the, the return because I always wanted to kind of keep going on that journey and ask, I always I would always ask, well, what if, like, what if we just did, just stay? What would happen? What would it feel like? What would it, what would my life be like? Um, and so whenever I would come back, I was always felt with, always felt kind of a void and a gap. So in my later 20s, as I was kind of settling into my career as a city planner, I was really seeking international gigs that would allow me to live that way that I wanted to travel more and it just wasn't happening I guess at that time jobs remote jobs or flexible jobs opportunities to work abroad seemed a lot harder but that dream always carried and lived within me Um, and I kind of transitioned careers because then I was like well if I'm not doing the fulfilling purposeful work I might as well make money (laughs) okay I see just in, um, you know, the economy was changing in 2008 with the recession. And so I was like, well, why don't I get a stable job that pays well? It's a time of life. I was, I just got married in 2010. 
And I've just said, let me hunker down and put some of these dreams on hold. Now it's time to be responsible, more an adult. And and I want to start a family soon. So I, you know, I worked, I was a breadwinner for my family for a while. And my husband was exploring other, you know, entrepreneurial gigs that he and aspirations that he had. So at that time, I really felt like, okay, this is my chance to support you know, him and I and to support our future family. So at at that time, did this idea of moving abroad, I mean, I'm sure it didn't go away. Did it feel like it was a possibility? Did it feel like, okay, now this is gone. Like that was a fun dream. This is gone. I'm going to just settle down. And, you know, this is my life now. Yeah, that's what it felt like for sure. It felt like maybe that time of life is over. Maybe that chance is over. I should move on. I should just settle down and accept where my life is because other people seem to be happy. You know, it was that following what was expected and uh, not trying to veer too much off of that path at that time. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I think so often a lot of what we build our lives around is that expectation from others? Is yeah. that, you know, normal path normal <laughs> in, you know, air quotes of what everybody seems to be doing? And so it's so easy if we don't intentionally decide what we want for life to just happen to us. And, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. It'll it'll continue to happen if we don't plan it for ourselves, right? Exactly. Exactly. So that, and that's kind of where it was going. I could feel right. That. right in charge of my life the way I wanted it. Yeah. So then, then you know, life continues, and we obviously we're a successful mama podcast. So we've got motherhood that comes into the picture. So talk me through that. Welcome in kiddos into the world, and what that looked like for you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, so much happens when we become mothers, and. I did have this expectation that I would feel fulfilled as a mother. I wasn't fulfilled at work. So maybe it was the kids that would give me that feeling and complete me. And I would feel happy and like I would, wouldn't want other things, right? I really believe that. Um, and of course, I love my kiddos, but it's not their job to make me happy and to feel perfect. I love that. Can you just say that again? That was so good. <laughs> yeah, it's not my kid's job to make me happy. It's not. Yes. So good. So good. Yeah. But I did carry that, right? I think most oh, yeah. Of- yeah. Well, I think I think oftentimes we, you know, we expect, I don't think you can know what to expect in motherhood until you're actually in it, right? You, <laughs> you have this idea of what it's going to look like, and then you get there, and it's a totally different thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we, a lot of times, moms wa- or women walk into motherhood thinking, okay, this is going to fulfill me. This is going to be that thing that puts me over, and, and I f- will feel completely happy. And for some, I think that is the case. I think that is their you know, that's going to be their passion and the thing that truly fills them. But I think for, for a lot of us, there's something different that's calling, which is, again, brings us back to successful mama, what is success to you? So, so that wasn't it for you, right? I mean, obviously, motherhood was amazing, but you're still feeling this calling. Um, Mm -hmm. And so but I I did want to bring you to 
you did something interesting during your maternity leave. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I, I still had that dream to be abroad to at least travel. Like, you maybe I couldn't live abroad, but at least you couldn't stop me from traveling. And so, of course, when I had the time off, I wouldn't. It's not vacation, but the time off from work. Uh, in my maternity leave, I was like, whatever I have to do here, I might as well do it on the beach somewhere or exploring, you know, a little village in Italy, whatever it was, right? Or in France. So I was like, I might as well to feel that part of me while I'm mothering in my early stage. So I, yeah, my, my boy, my son was born in 2013. And by six months, we were flying out to Panama. I was like, I need to get this boy a passport the minute he was born. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, I can't even imagine, you know, you, you get through birthing your child and like, you're, there's so many emotions and so much going oh, on. So I much. can't imagine like hopping on a plane and going, okay, I think I'm going to go and do this elsewhere in a new place. Mm. What was that? What was that experience like for you? I mean, but that's my, but that to me felt like that just lit my soul up, right? I just felt like that's what my jam is. That's what I want to be doing. I want to have the opportunity to still live out that part of me as a mom and, and also bring that to my child. Me being in my excited, full self, content and, and inspired and my, my high, higher version. I, I, you know, I wanted that. And I also wanted to give that to my children. I that's, love that. I love that so much. I mean, th and that's, I, that's why I just couldn't sit on the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so amazing. And I think it's really important what you said, is that when we are fulfilling what we need, you know, a lot of the times we have mo as moms, we pour in and we pour in and we pour into our kids and to everyone around us. But if we're not meeting our own needs and the things that fill us as well, we can't show up as our best self for our kids and for the people around us. And so that's why in, you know, in my coaching business, I focus primarily on moms, because I think that as moms, we have the ability to impact so much as we move forward. If you can impact a mom, you can impact her kids, you can impact her family, of course, but her kids are then going to grow up and be better people because she was better. So I love that you said that. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a key part of the gr the work I want. I do as well as a coach, right? It's like this idea that we have to sacrifice for, for how long? Forever. It's like, I'm not going to wait till my kids are grown up and out of the house to start living and being me again. God, no. I, I, that's like a death sentence. And not only that, they don't get to experience me right? And in, in that state of like really proud of who I am and living into that, it would just be like kind of a shell. It would have just been me, you know, emotions. And I think that's something that's, if I model that, they can know that it's worth it for them too. Yes. Yes. And I love what you said too, that they wouldn't get to experience that version of you. They wouldn't get to, to interact with mom as this fulfilled and happy and, you know, excited individual, you know, you would be a completely different version of yourself if you're not trying to, you know, pursue things that fill you and to grow as a person and all of that. So really, really good. Love that. All right. So um, 
one of the things too that we we talked about beforehand was just that during this time frame, you mentioned, um, you know, as a working mom, as the breadwinner of the family, there was this expectation that you needed to continue work and jump back into work very quickly. Can yeah. we talk a little bit about the expectations and, you know, and, and let me just clarify this really quickly for the listeners. So you were in California at the time mm-hmm. um, and I am in Alabama. So very different places. I love California. It's amazing. Um, but I also love the South. There's so many good things here, but there's a very different, a very big difference in the cost of living. Yeah. Um, and so when I, when we were talking beforehand and just kind of planning out what we would discuss on the podcast, one of the things that came up is I said that a lot of moms here in the South um, mm-hmm. tend to stay home with their kids. Yeah. And then they kind of decide, okay, I think I want to start something for myself. So they start a business. And I think when I said that, there was kind of, you were like, really? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It, I, I sensed that it threw you off guard. So talk to me about the differences in California and what that was like for you, or maybe the expectations around that. Mm, that's funny that I you picked up on that little, you know, uh, curiosity. I think, yeah, definitely growing up in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, there's a lot of pressure to get working and stay working and to maintain the high cost of living you mentioned there and it's just part of the culture with tech you know the tech industry there um it felt really hard to take time off um the way i did in my maternity leave like my peers were not that like they were not that um um flexible with their time like they saw it like four months that's what the state you know the gov- the california government supports you for four four months total and then so they were like well I'm just going to return back because I got to keep keep you know earning and I was always like well no like even if I couldn't earn those months like get unpaid leave it was worth it for me to be home with my babies like at that young age but I honestly felt like I was the only person that could do that or did that and I think it's there's this heavy pressure to like always be working in the bay um I, it cost a living, but I think it's just cultural or you just, I just felt like I was like a slacker mom by being home. And I know that wasn't true, but I just felt that way. And I, and part of the decision to, to allow myself that time is we decided to move further away. So where it was cheaper. I move. see. And then, and then, it, but I had a two hour commute one way. Oh, Wow. That was That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time too that For you're losing. Amount of time, like insane amount. Oh my goodness! I don't even and, want to go there, but that's where the depression hit. Right, right. right? The burnout. Well, and, my goodness, and and I feel like I need to clarify and add. There is definitely here in the South. I mean, we have an amazing workforce as well, and there's definitely that pressure to continue building your career, to continue doing. I don't think it matters what you choose to do. If you're able to choose and be a stay at home mom, if you choose to continue or are forced to continue working because that's what your family needs financially, both ends of the spectrum. I think that there is that, um, 
that kind of guilt built in like a little bit of, okay, I wish I could be home more, or I wish that I was also bringing in an income. I think it works. It it doesn't matter what you choose. Like you're going to end up with a little bit of that That either way. So anyway, I I think I'm clarifying, like, I don't want to, you know, assume anything about anyone's situation. Right, right. You know, what you are and what your priorities are. I just want to say that it sounded really cool, actually, that these women are taking up the opportunity to start businesses. Yes, yes. Hear about as much in the Bay. And conditioned to like, these are the companies you should work for. And this is how you'll earn the money you want. Versus right. Becoming more entrepreneurial or creating a little bit of a side gig or whatever your passion is. Like, that just doesn't seem like, I don't know anybody else doing it as much. Wow. Wow. And I didn't want to make it sound like either that was just this magical thing that everybody could do here because it's not. It It is definitely a privilege. You know, I was able to stay home with my boys and I feel so, so grateful because I know there's a lot of friends that were not able to do that. And they did have to go to work because they were not able to survive on a one, you know, a single family income or, you know, it just didn't fit into their big picture of what they needed for success, you know, whatever, whatever their reasons were. But um, I did want to just clarify that it is definitely a privilege it's not like well everything cost of living is so low here everybody can just stay home and start a business you know <laughs> that's but, so true yeah of course not um not okay starting a business right <laughs> right right <laughs> okay so um so then with your birth of your next two kiddos yeah. you also did something similar because this was a great experience why not let's go and travel some more so tell me where you went with each of them and oh, what that was like. My first daughter, Soraya, she's almost, oh my gosh, she's eight this year, almost nine. Um, yeah, so 2015, she was born, and I had a plan already. Like, we were going, and we just had to pick the location. We went back and forth, and by eight months, we waited a little longer on her. She turned eight months in in France, or nine months in France, in southern France. Oh, so wow. We went to southern all of southern France. Between Italy and Spain, we pretty much saw the whole um, Mediterranean Riviera for about six weeks, I think. I can't remember. Yeah, six weeks. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds dreamy. But also (laughs) the other side of like part of me is like, because I love travel. Part of me is like, oh, that sounds so amazing. And the other part of me is like imagining having two tiny ones, you know, one, a newborn and a toddler in a, uh, ooh, that's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) I mean, it's basically got to do the same thing, the same chores, the same laundry, provide food, get groceries, but I'm in a new location. And so there's that wondrous side of me, the free spirit that loves that. Yes. Out of my comfort and out of my routine. So that part's really fun to me. Even the the uncertainty of like, where are we going to get groceries from? (laughs) Right. (laughs) What are we going to do here? (laughs) So then your next daughter came along in 2018. Is that right? Yeah, she's born in March. She'll be six next month in Sweet. March of 2018. Okay. And you, you guys chose one more location? Well, she has a Portuguese name even. Oh, so it had to be Portugal guess, then. Yeah, I guess. I was already had my mind on coming and we didn't go early. We didn't come earlier, but we ended up, so we ended up, my final baby moon or post baby moon was in Portugal, 20, 2018. For oh two my months. Goodness. Oh my goodness. She was four months on that flight. Oh my gosh. She turned four months on that flight. That was crazy. Oh, that's crazy. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. So, so I do want to go back just a little bit because you said, you know, you started to reach burnout. You started yeah. to reach this stage. And um, so talk to me a little bit about that. Mm, yeah, it's hard to talk about sometimes, but I think when I was pregnant with my first daughter in 2014, Oof. Um, I wanted out. Like, I didn't want to be working all the time. Those heavy, those long, like, I wasn't commuting yet that far, but I didn't like the hours. I had a boy at home who was a, a year old. I wanted to spend more time with him. I, I'm going to be honest. Like, I kind of envied and resented my husband a little bit because he got to be home with my son for part of that. But then I, I know that it wasn't easy being at home either, but right, of course, right. I didn't see that side. I only saw what I was doing and I was the one who was feeling the guilt of being away from my baby at work and full-time work. Um, I think that was really tough. And I, I always knew I wanted a big family, but I'll, I'll admit something that's not easy to say, but getting pregnant was almost a way out also. Right? Say, say, I, more, say more about that. Oh, okay. Oh, like I knew I wanted to have children, but I was so just frustrated with work and not, not really loving the work and not valuing what I was doing there. And I knew that with maternity leave, at least I'll be able to have a baby in travel again. I see. That feels a little yeah. bit. I don't think I've shared that. But I was like, at least I don't have to work. Like I'll get a break. Right, right. And that feels kind of, yeah. That, But that's kind of where I was. I was just like, I want out, but didn't know how. And ma- having more babies is not making life easier. <laughs> right, right. It's like a short-term <laughs> solution to like the bigger picture. Yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of like, well, <laughs> I love my children and I wanted to have a family. And it was the right time then because of where I was financially with the job having to secure a job right that makes sense that makes sense so um during this time I mean what was your you were unhappy was there any like breaking point out of this or how how did you how did you move past this yeah well I mean when I did end up like it breaking down and in like getting help at work, like getting therapist therapy and seeking sort of time off. Like I got, I went on disability for depression, you know, depression at the state at that time. So I knew that I couldn't continue. I mean, there was an awareness, right? There was an awakening at that point. It's like, right. This is causing this much pain. It's not worth staying in this pattern or in this way of life or what to help me identify what was actually happening. What were were the problems that I thought were my problems, but what were the real problems? So I think, like, I taking a step out of my work for a little short term, unrelated to to having pregnancies, (laughs) Um, but knowing that I needed some time away to or to slow down and really assess, like, what wasn't working, what is working, what isn't working, what I want to change. Yeah. It, that questioning kind of took about a year to kind of come out, um, but I knew it wasn't working. 
Yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of the time we want like that quick fix, right? We want to go, okay, well, I can just do this one thing and it's going to make it all better. But truthfully, it takes a long time to work through something like that. And it takes, you know, I, I like what you said that you had to get to the the bigger question that the actual problem, not just what was presenting itself, you know, what you thought it was, there was something deeper there that you needed to dig into um, and finding, you know, help through getting therapy and things like that. Um, I also had lots of coaches in my past, but at that point it was more therapy and just kind of that awakening. But what was underneath it? What was true, right? It wasn't another job. I don't, I don't, it wasn't really a, it could help another job, but I wasn't wanting to be away from the kids out many hours and the commuting and, you know, was I, were there options to work from home? Not really. Were there part-time jobs? Not really worth it because I wouldn't make enough money. All those ideas that those beliefs, like those limiting kind of ideas of like, well, if I have to stay in this structure, how can I make it work? And I just knew it wasn't even, that wasn't going to be it. Yeah. So, so then what was the, what was the thing that you thought, okay, this could be it? Like, (laughs) right. So kind of coming to your point about how do you define success too, is like, I always knew I wanted to be my own leader, my own, um, I always wanted to own my future. Yeah. I always wanted to, like, I wanted to create my own stability. And so I wouldn't have to get permission, like ask permission. Can I go on holiday for a few months? <laughs> right, right. Oh, kids are home all summer. You know, why do I have to be at this job right now? Like I wanted that for myself, like to own my time, to be in charge of that more. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, so then in what what made you finally go? Okay, this is it. Because obviously you know, we can dream and we can think, well, I think there's something to this moving, or I think there's something to whatever that, you know, whatever that thing is that is kind of living inside of us. But what, what actually led you to go, okay, it's time to quit dreaming. Let's actually make an action plan and step into this. Hmm. I mean, so once I was on disability, I think I had my job, my first daughter, Basically, I was starting to form, like, change my mindset in a way to start believing there's other things I'm meant to be doing and other ways of getting there. I started really looking at coaching. I looked at books. I started meditating. I, I, like, slowly started to shift, I would say, those beliefs internally of, like, you know what? Other people are doing this. They're making it work somehow with kids. They're making a life abroad happen. I don't know the how, I don't know how they're doing it, but can they, are they really that different than me? You know, and I started really thinking like, they're not. Like up until that time, I was always finding the thing about somebody else, somebody else had, somebody else made millions, somebody held, had that skill, and that's why they could live how they wanted. I, and I didn't have the millions and I didn't have that. So I would say, oh, I guess I can't do it. But I started to really shift that thinking and started to like surround myself with community and people online, I think was growing, just kind of alternative ways of living and people that were stepping out of the American dream, that path of, you know, working your whole life, acquiring, and then one day you retire and get to live out those dreams. No, 
Right. So I started to like listen in more, put put myself in those circles. Um, and then I also then in 2018 when I went to uh, Portugal and my final girl, my little baby's uh, maternity leave. I think then we were just kind of looking around, and my husband and I, and I was like, oh, we got to get back home in, in a little bit. It's gonna end, you know. And then he and I were just kind of like, but what if it didn't? What if we really believed that we could do this? What if we could just do it next, like now even? We'll come home, we'll wrap up, we'll like set up a plan. But what if we just decided to just move abroad? Oh my goodness. So, and I've noticed, you know, you talking about him and and one of the things you referred to yourself as in your Instagram that I found was that you're a wanderer. Um, would you, (laughs) would you also, would you consider your husband to be a wanderer too? Like he fits that. And so he was just all in all on board. Yeah. Both of us share that in common. Like since we've met, uh, we traveled a lot in our twenties. It never felt like enough, but that was a part of each of us that we just, we would just thrive on. And I'm just happy that he was so open to it as well as as crazy as it sounded, um, he's he's definitely that wanderous soul like me. Yeah. That, and he's an entrepreneur too. So I think those two things we share deeply. Um, and then yeah, so I'm just glad that I, I I don't know that we would have been to be able to be together if he wasn't in some part. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard when you have two wanderous souls, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like unstoppable. Yeah, what we can create. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, okay, so I want to get to the big, I mean, the big topic, which is the big move, right? We move in 2020. You're like, all right, let's go time. Let's do this. Right. I mean, I will like, so the, the 18 months it took for us to move, move, like to actually execute and do it on, you know, that was intense, right? That was like, we came back, we were so convinced, so we were going to figure it out. I didn't even have the how. The how didn't even occur to me. It was just like, I don't know, but we're going to do it. So I was just so focused on that end result of like, we're wrapping up, we're leaving. I don't know how yet exactly, and but we're going to make it work. And I'm going to figure it out along the way. So I just want to le- like really lean into that idea of like the right time is never going to come. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. And I think so often, um, right here, I can just admit that I am very much a procrastinator by studying, like I want to learn every single thing about it. In fact, this podcast was meant to launch long ago, and I had to learn exactly how to podcast and exactly what the right way was. And and then it was like, okay, you are literally just procrastinating. Like you are just putting this thing off, pretending that you need to know more. You don't need to know more. You need to jump in and you need to just figure it out because you will. You'll make some mistakes, but you'll figure it out. And that's the best way to learn. So let's just go. Mm, I love that. I mean, that's it. That's really it, right? It's procrastination, perfectionism, all the the, the four Ps. But um, I mean, it, that was it. That was our story, really. Um when we visited, I just knew this was the right place. I, you know, I felt it. There were there were kids in the street welcomed. Like it was a very supportive family environment that I just knew would be right for me. I was looking for ease. I was looking for convenience. Like, um, and I saw that, and I was like, it's worth it. 
I'm going to try it. And for, for the first time, I'm not going to fail before even trying. Yeah. That's a, like I was failing already in, in that, in that regard. Right. I wasn't even trying. Mm, Yeah. And I think so often it's really easy for us to just stick to what we know, even if it's not working like this, Mm -hmm uncomfortable thing we deem as being better and safer than trying something new, even if it's not working like it is. No, I mean, and that's huge. I write about that too. It's like, let go of that comfort zone because you will stay justifying that for oh, you. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So, so you guys move and I, I want, I'm curious to know what you've been there. You've done six weeks there, right? Um, but is there any, any culture shock, any surprises, anything that you didn't really expect with moving your entire family there? Mm, yeah, of course. But I wouldn't say culture shocks because, like, I've, I don't know. I don't ever see anything as a shock. Um, what's always nice and surprising is how much actually we have in common <laughs> with oh, yeah. Yeah, people I love that. everywhere in the world. And, like, our, you know, family means so much to all of us and the importance of like parents and children and elders and society, just all of that. I, I actually see the commonalities and everything. So as far as the shock, I wouldn't, I don't felt, I haven't felt very cultural shock. Um, but I want to, could I highlight like in the how of making this move is when we, my husband and I also decided to own our, our future. Yeah, and Absolutely. And we we were finally allowing ourselves to to find a way to live more freely. My husband has been working in like property management for years on and off, and like we really bolstered it in that time when we decided to move. We had already had so many so much experience managing, so we just kind of put it. We gave it the um, we just hired really great managers to automate parts of that. So what I wanted, what I want people to take away from that is like, um, we really this move and making that decision to move opened up our opportunities in ways that I wouldn't have known were even possible for us, and it gave us a chance to take that ownership of our future, right? Because now, now not only can I live anywhere in the world, but I also I'm in charge of that. Like I know when things are rough, if the, you know, I, it's not going to come out of nowhere if, if things aren't working out, right? Like when you're working from some, for someone else, you're not always in charge of like your future. And so a lot of people, I feel like wait to get that right job. And then they're like, okay, now I can move or now I can um, justify the move. And, And for us, it was like, now we could finally see a way to like live freely with our time and, and test it out and see if it works. Yeah. So, so I'm curious, you know, from thankfully he had that background, you know, he had that experience. What advice would you give, you know, someone who is listening, who's like, yeah, that, that sounds great. If I had that background in property management, but I'm currently stuck in this job and I've got my kids and I don't have a way where I can just go, all right, you know, let me transition into my own business. What would you say to someone like that? Yeah. It's a, it's a gradual, right? It could be, is there a way that you could support 
you know, some of your lifestyle? Is there something you do love doing? Is there a special skill that you have and like, or something you enjoy spending your time doing and developing that and, and not expecting it maybe to become this big passive income source, but like creating something you work eight hours. We all work on average eight hours and work for someone else, like for their dreams. Why not spend an hour a day on your dreams? Yeah. Hour or two day a day or whatever it is, 20 minutes, if that's all right. you have. A way to develop a sense of like your craft and mastering that and then being able to put that into the world at some point. And it, mm-hmm. it might take these things, the passive income, like it takes a long time to set up, to learn and to like then be able to generate. So I get that it's a long, it's a long-term goal. And so is this. And, but I was myself, I wasn't able to even see it as an option. And I want to say that now I think we're in a culture of like creative gigging, gig work and labor is changing. Like so many things are changing the way we work to be open to, to even exploring that. I hope that that would be, is that kind of. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, one of the things that, that I heard you say that I would like to clarify a little bit more is I think that, you know, you said you're spending these eight hours working and then you, why not spend an hour on yourself or 20 minutes on yourself or whatever. I think it's really easy for us. We're, we're tapped out. Like we're, we're so tired. We're exhausted. We're doing, you know, and so the easy thing to do is to grab our phone and scroll. The easy thing to do is to veg out on the couch and watch, you know, the latest episode of whatever our favorite TV show is. But one of the things that we can do, whether, you know, maybe, maybe starting your own business isn't your dream. Maybe you don't want to create that kind of income stream, but maybe for you, you know, you want to look at going back to school or maybe for you taking that next step is something different. So rather than spending that time, you know, scrolling your phone or whatever, intentionally choosing how to spend that 20 minutes that you have, or intentionally choosing how to spend that hour, you know, makes a big difference in what your future looks like. And it doesn't feel like a big thing, but yeah. those little steps will add up if you choose to take that path over time. Is that, does that fit love, along with what you're saying? I like that, thank you so much for clarifying. Exactly. It is so easy to come back and carry that sentiment from work and then just, and just lose the opportunity we might have to, you know, connect with our family or to build, like create an idea, like pursue some other creative idea. Um, and I think that is so, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. I love that you mentioned that. Um, yeah. And it, that's where we, if a year from now, that might put us in a different place. Right. Right. Absolutely. More options. Um, and, and I can't, you know, I want to move into asking, you know, about success and things like that, but, <laughs> but before I do, I can't move forward without asking you about COVID because obviously that dreaded time comes and you're like, Hey, let's move our family of five to a brand new place where we don't, you know, have a lot of connections or did you have any? Um, yeah. And so we're, we're brand new here. We're moving in and surprise you're now on lockdown. You're now, you know, whatever, whatever happened there. So can you talk me through a little bit about that? Right. I mean, none of us knew what was going to happen. It was January 2020. <laughs> we landed in our new country. Um, again, I really had no expect. I really did not have too many expectations other than life is going to be a lot easier. 
with more time and the kid, you know, just an easier lifestyle for us and the kids. Um, but yeah, I mean, within a month and a half, pretty much was March. March was kind of lockdown, um, not knowing anything that was happening. Part of that, it was so good that we, we were kind of so naive. We didn't have, we just had no idea. None of us knew what was going to happen. We got a lease on the apartment and I was able to get beds in time. So we were That's good. Thankful for that. Apartment. Yeah. I had pots to cook with and I had like mattresses on the floor to sleep on. And that was like, the kids were happy. They were like, we're glamping. And we got dance party room. <laughs> like no couch, no table to sit on, no chairs, like sitting on the floor, eating our meals. Um, but it was like a very... Um, it was a very innocent time of like we were new and things um things didn't bother me that way. I guess I wasn't stressing, I don't know. I I had a mindset of like this is all new and I'm sure we're going to figure this out and everyone was happy. That's the thing is like the kids were all happy, right? They didn't know. They were like, yeah, we're not going to school, so right. This is a fun experience. Then <laughs> play on my tablet and stuff but it was tough because I did have that thought I was like crap like should we stay like did we make the right decision I did have a little bit of that and then whenever I would think that doubt would come in and I would think about it well hey hold up if we had waited we probably wouldn't have come because if it was COVID yeah it was still called it was COVID and we were in California I would have just been like this is a sign like I we're not doing, we couldn't This have is a sign. That's an interesting thought. Like this, this means we're not meant to go. We're going to stay here and continue. I wow. feel like that's what I would have told, like, that's how it felt if we had it come when we right. did. And it goes back to, there's never a right time. Yep. Yep. I think never. you're absolutely right. So I want to ask this just from, you know, we live, um, our house, we've got a, you know, a pretty good size yard. We spent a lot of time outside. What was your experience with being in an apartment yeah. building? Did you guys get to go out oh, some? Yeah. Did you, what was that like? Yeah, good question. I, I, rem- I like forget some of these early struggle details, but we're in a tiny apartment. Like it's tiny by American standards and I have three kids. Yeah. Like, um, like how many, how many square feet are we talking? Um, 1100. Okay. Okay. Maybe a thousand. With three kids and yeah, hundred square feet in a tiny apartment in an urban setting. Y'all got to be really close, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> during that time they were little. They were little, so they yes. were they weren't loving it. Fortunately, in Portugal, we still parks were like playgrounds were shut, but parks were open. So I'm five minutes from two parks. That's why we chose okay. the neighborhood. But it's a public park, right? So we would go there, and my kids would go and climb up on all the trees, and then you'd have like. The like security at the park would kind of sometimes get annoyed. There are too many of you congregating. I'm like that's my family. <laughs> There's only us five. Like we live together. We live. This is right. Like so, it was just it was an odd time, and oddly, it brought out I think in some ways some of the some of the um, like-minded people. Like I met some other really cool people at that first stage also that were also like us. Like we had, they had the kids and they were wild and free spirited children climbing the trees at the park. And, um, I made some really good friendships in that kind of weird isolated time. And I feel like we were just lucky that we were here in Portugal because they opened up schools. The policy is that Schools are the last to close here and the first to open. 
because they know they know that people can't go to work if kids are at home that's true absolutely and that's definitely an issue with and that's not Lucy in the states not in california no no, not in alabama Mm -hmm. either my kids my friend's kids didn't go back to school for another year and a half Oh my goodness. My meanwhile, here in Portugal, my kids are back at school in July. Wow. Of twenty twenty. We and was- started back in <laughs> thankful. We we started back in August, but we had a virtual option or an in person option. We opted for virtual, which was kindergarten, and that was horrible. We not could talk about that for not meant to be. Um, no. We ended up going with a smaller program here locally where we were able to put um, put our oldest into kindergarten there. So he was in person and that, you know, allowed us to go back to some normal ish things as normal as you could call them during that time frame, Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I was just but, so happy that I came. I don't know. I was just so relieved that we did it when we did. Um, cause if we'd waited, it would not have happened. I, and we did also like get out of town and, and rent out like a little beach cottage. Oh, that's get nice. And like then we just had the beach. It was us and the beach by ourselves because nobody was there. No that's one was am- <laughs> Right. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, so I think we made the best of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's really great. That's really great. Um, and. And I think, you know, through your, your journey, it sounds like you're, you're focusing on making the best of it, you know, figuring out what works for you and your family. And I mean, that, that really fits along the lines of the podcast and what I'm encouraging moms to do is to figure out their version of what it means to be successful. So I would love now if you would take a second and just share with the listeners, you know, what is, what is Megan's version? What does success look like to you? Hmm. I love that question. <sighs> Success for us is owning our path, really. Not only like defining what we want from our lives and how we want to experience life, but also being in charge of it, like being in charge of our future. Um, so my, uh, myself, um, since I've been in Portugal four years now, and and I don't have the pressure of working, neither does my husband, because we're living off of mostly passive income back home. Um, I really took this opportunity to, to set up my own company, my coaching practice, so that I don't. So I'm never in a position where I can't live out the life I want. You know what I mean? Like that was yeah. kind of thing. I'm in charge of my future now. Yeah, that's that's amazing. At some point, Yeah. I'll need to go back to the state. I can work anywhere I want. I can, um, I can, yeah, on any schedule that serves me. I mean, I can also choose to take time off and travel when I want. And that is success for us. Like I think that ownership of our time. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Definitely goals for sure. (laughs) I love it. Okay, Miss Megan, I have one more thing for you really quickly that I love doing with all my guests. And I have just a few rapid fire questions for you. So first and foremost, what is your coffee order? Oh, oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Well, since I live here in Portugal, there are like eight different options. Yes. (laughs) Um, There's this, I love the, so they do espressos here, really short ones. I like the espresso with Half, half one part espresso, one part 
uh, milk and then they mm -hmm. steam it and they do the extra foam. So it's kind yes. of a cappuccino. -y yeah, thing, cappuccino esque, they, but not quite. Here they call it galon. It's called the mille de late, cafe mille de late. Uh -huh. um, they sell it everywhere and it's my thing. And I go to my special coffee place, my cafes, and they all know me and they know exactly what I want. And you have to tell them. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. I'm, I'm a coffee junkie. Like oh, really? we have our own, I, my husband was so sweet and gifted me for, for my birthday with a Breville like machine. And so I've been trying out all the fancy coffees and all the latte art and all the stuff. So I'm, I've kind of gotten a little bit spoiled. So now I'm like, I will only go. Yeah. It's, it's so good. So I love hearing people's coffee it's it's a love language of mine okay number two on a scale of one to ten how clean does your apartment stay on average Ugh, it's so, <laughs> so cluttery three kids um gosh probably about a five or six like okay it's clean but there's always clutter yeah oh yeah I mean it's it's hard packing in that many people into a smaller space, like, and all the things you need. I, I feel like, yeah, we all get that for sure. No, I thought it would be minimalist and I thought it would be better in a smaller apartment and it is, but then you're always cleaning up. Yeah. You can't just shove it into the, right. <laughs> you don't have that extra room where you can just put all the stuff. No more that yes. girl. No. <laughs> all right. Question number three, what is a book or show you have recently loved? Mm. Oh my gosh, I have to think about that one. I I don't really watch much TV. I love audiobooks though. Same. I love The Alchemist. Maybe that's oh yeah, that's a, a good one. People love too, but I think it just speaks to me in so many ways. The For spirit, sure. The spirit. Do you feel like it speaks to you differently when you read it? Again, like you pick up different things. I've I've felt that from I've read it just a few times, but yeah, each time I feel like I've drawn something different from it, which is kind of cool. That is, and it's such a simple, quick read. Oh yeah, it's like so easy. Yes, so super easy, Mama. If you haven't listened to that, that's a good one, The Alchemist. Um, okay, last question. As moms, we often have some interesting things that we carry with us. So I would love to know what is the most random item you have in your purse right now. Oh gosh. You know, there's always snacks. There's always, um, you know, random. I think one last of I found Kego I found broken, like dismantled Lego pieces. In there, there you go, Lego pieces. That's a that's a mom it's thing for sure. Lego man. I was like, where is that from? <laughs> you never know. Things just show up in your purse. <laughs> oh me, love it. Oh, me. Well, this has been so much fun. I really appreciate you hopping on and being willing to share your story. Thank you. I wish I could share more. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like we could just chat forever. And I'd be honored to support, you know, busy parents who also want to create more options, more freedom, and they're seeking some alternative lifestyle. Yes. And they don't want to compromise either. Absolutely. Why don't you tell them really quickly before we hop off here, where can they find you if they want to know more about you? Yeah, um, sure. You can find out about me. Um, hit up my website. It's thelifeuncharted.com is one way you can stay connected with masterclasses and content that I put out there and practical tips, but also on, on social media. It's my name, Magna Kamdar, and um, you can DM me and you can, you know, engage that way. 
Awesome. And I will make sure to put those on the website at Successful Mama Podcast. So you can always go and click there. Thanks, Shannon. Well, thank you. You have a wonderful day. And Mama, thanks for listening. Um, We will see you next time on the Successful Mama Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Successful Mama Podcast. For more information, head on over to SuccessfulMamaPodcast.com where you can find show notes and all the links mentioned in today's episode. Tap that share button and remember to tag at Successful Mama Podcast. And make sure to go leave a review. It really does help. A special thanks to Will Carruthers. Until next time, remember Mama, success looks more than one way and it's up to you to define it.